Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are in the world, I wish you a blessed day of peace, joy, and love. Today I want to talk about purpose, value, and belonging, three key components that make our lives worth living. If even one of them is missing, it's an effort to get up in the morning. I know, I've been there, and I'm sure at times you have too. But before I go there, I want to wish all the moms and grandmas listening today a very happy Mother's Day. Don't ever forget that we have the most important job in the world and play a role in our families' lives that cannot be fulfilled by anyone but us, no matter what anybody ever tells you. Being a mom isn't always easy, as you know. In fact, we often have the most difficult decisions to make in an effort to raise our children with worthwhile values, with integrity, with compassion and common sense so they can go forth into the world to pursue their own dreams, take care of themselves, and be kind to others without being taken advantage of. It's a 24-7, 365 days of the year job and we get acknowledgement one day of the year. So go live it up. Revel in the praise and gratitude that will be coming from your kids today. Accept their gifts graciously, knowing that you are what makes your family great. And a loving family is what makes this country great. We all want our lives to have purpose. We want to feel valuable, like we matter, and we want to belong by being part of something. Otherwise, we feel like butterflies banging up against a glass door. I felt that way more times than I care to acknowledge because one, two, or three of those qualities were missing from my life. My kids grew up, moved out, and moved on, and as much as I like to deny it, it left a gap in my heart and soul that I had to find a way to fill. My identity was mom. When that no longer seemed relevant, I felt like I was nothing. You've probably felt something similar in regards to a job or a relationship or even being a parent. Sure, it leaves us with lots of free time to travel, have the bathroom to ourselves, and buy more toys. But when the trip is over and the thrill of the toy wears off, all we have left is ourselves. And sometimes that doesn't seem enough. As baby boomers, we have lived through massive world changes probably more than any other generation throughout history. We learned a lot. We overcame challenges and grew as individuals in so many ways. But what good is it if we can't share our gifts of wisdom and knowledge with others? For about four or five years, I was a spiritual mentor to a prisoner. A little while ago, I actually read a couple of the letters we wrote to each other on air. I plan on continuing with that in the near future. 
Anyway, Hector was eager to learn all he could about being a better person, the person he knew inside himself to be. And I was bursting with knowledge and wisdom to share with someone who was hungry to hear and learn. It gave me purpose. I felt valued and like I had a place in the world. I was the first person he called when he got out of prison. I heard from him a couple times after that. Then he disappeared under the radar and I lost my purpose again. When I pulled myself out of my downward spiral, I realized there were a lot of people experiencing exactly what I was going through. My mom was one of them. Last year, we lost my dad. Mom had been his caregiver for the last many years, and at age 94, she suddenly had to find another purpose that gave her life meaning. I encouraged her to start writing her life stories as a way of beginning the next chapter of her life. Mom lives in Michigan, and I live in Ontario, Canada, and it's about a three-and-a-half-hour drive away. I brought her up to stay with me all last summer and helped her get started and knew it could be an ongoing project she could continue on her own when she went home. I'll admit, I also had some self-serving interests. I wanted to preserve her stories for me and my daughters. When I was working with Mom, I saw how she became alive again. She was eager to research world events that happened in particular eras around the time of her stories. It added interesting bits of history and gave context for future generations. I mean, let's face it, our kids and grandkids probably can't imagine a world without cell phones. So how can they know what it was like to live with a party line? Do they even know what a party line is? The point is, Mom was excited because she found purpose in telling her stories and recording them for us kids, her grandchildren, and her new great-grandson, who turns one year old next week. She wanted to tell her stories, and we wanted to hear them. It gave me purpose to help mom find purpose. And I know storytelling can do the same for other people. So I spent the last year creating a business to help people bring purpose, value, and belonging back into their lives by showing them how to write and record their own life stories. We're not talking about a whole, big, long, all-consuming 500-page memoir that makes you run for shelter at the mere thought of it. Nope. The online course I created is focused on all those mini-life memories. The stories you tell around the dinner table at a family gathering, or the ones you share with your grandson to help take away a childhood pain he's experiencing with, with friends or siblings or at school. And although the course is suitable for everyone, I tailored it specifically to grandparents because we are very special members of society. We rock! Anyway, I just wanted to let you know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. I'm going to play you a, a couple of stories, but before I do, I want to mention that I also created a free course to help you get started writing your stories. I find that the difficulty most people have is getting started. They don't know where to begin, so I put together a really slimline tutorial to make it really easy for you to start writing. The important thing is to get something down on paper, anything. It's like a painting. I find the hardest thing is starting with a pure white canvas. I don't know where to begin. So I find a canvas that either already has something on it or a paper that is torn or has a mark on it and start from there. I usually end up covering over everything that was on the canvas or the paper. Same with writing. It doesn't matter what you write as long as you write something. You can change it later. The first book I wrote started with Nancy's Story. I don't know what to write. Obviously, I replaced that with a better first sentence and a decent title. 
Anyway, please go to my website and register for the free course. It's called Write Your Life Stories Quick Start Kit. It's absolutely free. No strings whatsoever. My website is nancymurdoch.com. Real easy to remember. The first audio story I'm going to play for you is called My Dad, Morse Code, and World War I. It's about six minutes long. My mom wrote and recorded it, and it's a story about her dad immigrating from Scotland to Canada back in the early 1900s. I'm sure you can relate to the story since we all come from ancestors who immigrated to Canada and the United States. And I want to say that if my mom can do this, you can do this. And what better time to start than today on Mother's Day? Ask your mom to tell you her favorite story and jot it down. Or if you're a mom, tell your family a story and have someone write it down or record it. It's so important to keep our memories alive. It's so important to preserve our culture, heritage, and history for our future generations. And it gives us a sense of purpose, makes us feel like our lives have value, and we feel like we belong, like we have an important place in our family, even if they live a million miles away and only call on Mother's Day. On to the first story. Take it away, Mom. This story is about my father, Alexander Buchanan, coming to Canada. My dad's family came over to Canada about the same time that my mother's family settled in Toronto. At that time, Canada was offering special incentives to immigrants. In fact, the Canadian government put into place its first concentrated policy to promote immigration. The Yukon Gold Rush was also in full force, with 100,000 prospectors hoping to get rich. Glasgow was a major port and a very industrial city. Between 1906 and 1913, Scotland was experiencing harsh economic depression. Those who were able to were enticed to seek opportunities in the new land. This period in Scottish history saw the greatest number of people leaving the country. This seems to be the reason that my grandparents brought their families to Canada. My dad stayed in Scotland for about another year after his family came over. He was about 15 or 16 years old at the time and had a job as a telegrapher for a train station in Scotland. In those days, they used the Morse code to contact other employees at the next station or the last station to find out how the trains were running. It was their way of knowing if the train was on time or not. Morse code was very important at that time. Remember, there were no cell phones and no internet. And although the telephone was invented, telegraphy was much faster than the telephone. The train could be in a wreck before the phone message was received. Talking about Morse code, during the Second World War, a special five-cent coin was produced at the Royal Canadian Mint. It was called a tomback. The interesting part about this tomback was that on the outer edges, there was a Morse code symbol in dots and dashes. When translated, it said, We win when we work willingly. That was a quote from Winston Churchill. Your victory. 
victory of the cause of freedom is every day. In all our long history, we have never seen a greater day than this. And I happen to have, as a coin collector, I happen to have one tomback in my possession. And I was not familiar with the Morse code, so I got it out and tried to unravel the question in the Morse code. And because of the, there's a lot of W's and a lot of E's, so I didn't even know where to start. But luckily I managed to figure out what it said. When the war started, my dad was 19 years old. This was World War I, 1914. So he must have come to Canada when he was 17 or 18 years old. That is good. Fire plenty just, my brave soldaten. Fire quick, anywhere. The real general when we see them, where are they? Hit them. Whether they are there or not, hit them. General, shall I command the trumpeter to play like thing, don't it, before we have our lights put out? Yeah, play up. And now get ready for the great battle. That is mine orders from His Majesty. Whether they are there or not, fire on them. Yeah, we will not ask mine, General. You will now take Private Smith and you into the trenches. You will then form a square meeting. Should the enemy attack you in the rear, you will immediately surrender and then shoot the lot. After Dad came over, he must have lived with his parents in Toronto. But he was very angry with his father, because in Scotland, his father had a paramour. After Dad's father had been in Canada for a while, he sent for his lover, and she came over. She was also living in Toronto somewhere. After my dad's mother died, his father married this lady. They moved to Brantford, Ontario, and they had two children, a boy and a girl. My dad never forgave his father and never wanted to see him or hear anything about him. My mother and dad went to a funeral for one of dad's relatives, and his father was there. But dad would not talk to him at all, even after all those years. Thank you, Mom. That was great. 
It took her a lot of courage to tell the last part of that story. She's from a time when you kept family business private. You didn't talk about the darker side of life. You didn't talk about the things that caused you pain, the people who broke your heart, the unresolved issues. Mom is a very devout woman. She believes in forgiveness, and I know it hurts her that her father never forgave her grandfather. Just by being able to say it out loud allowed her to heal a little bit. The emotions we bury become our physiology. There's no getting around it. The only way is head on through it. The pain we have buried has to be released somehow, someday, and it's a lot easier to do it through storytelling. I've actually helped a lot of people tell their stories, and it's amazing how much healing takes place. Just because we don't talk about things doesn't mean we aren't still hurting from them at some level, usually an unconscious level. I truly believe in the power of healing through storytelling. I'm not going to go into it today. That is a whole show by itself. But I do want to say, Mom, I love you. I think you are awesome, absolutely awesome. You've always been a great mom to me, and I'm proud of you for being who you are. Happy Mother's Day. Before I play the next story, I want to tell you that I did the editing and added the sound effects and music. It's another story Mom wrote and recorded. I didn't want to play it for my mom because I didn't think she'd like it. I actually waited a couple weeks before letting her hear it. Y'all know that I'm an artist, and what happens with artists of any discipline, whether it be visual arts, writing, music, theater, or what have you, when we are connected to the divine source, we become instruments. We can't claim the work we do because it's done through us. I'm sure you've had those moments in life, too, in whatever field you're in. We are all artists in one sense or another. I didn't know I was an audio artist, but I guess when you allow spirit to work through you, it doesn't matter what material you are working with. Well, spirit worked through me in this next story, and I didn't want to compromise a great piece of art for how I thought mom wanted it to turn out. It was a happy memory to her. And it still is, but now it's it's something different. Anyway, mom was a good sport. This story is called Movie Dishes. Movie Dishes. My grandma loved going to the movies. At that time, movie attendance was very low. So theaters offered, as an incentive, dinner dishes for women who attended their movies on specific days. Grandma picked out the dish pattern she wanted and started attending movie showings at just that theater. Over time, she amassed all but one item for her to make up a complete dinner set. The next time she went, a salad dish was the offering, but Grandma needed the creamer. The person in charge of dispensing the dishes that afternoon offered Grandma the salad dish, and she told the lady she wanted the creamer, period. Then Grandma asked to see the manager. He was almost as adamant until she told him how long she had been coming there and how many of her friends she had told about this theater and that she would never attend a movie here again unless she got her creamer. Reluctantly, the manager sent his helper into the vault to get the precious creamer to make such a good customer happy. Apparently, dish night started in the 1930s. 
It was depression time, and people stopped spending money on movies, and they also stopped buying dinnerware. So the movie promoters put two and two together and came up with a perfect promo. Dish night. One day a week, probably their slowest day, they offered one dish to each customer. Each week they would change the kind of dish so that people could collect place settings. In 2016, when Nancy was visiting us in Michigan, she went to a resale shop in a church on the corner of Woodward and Eleven Mile, looking for some nice china to break up and use for her jewelry making. She found a side dish that had writing on the back and thought that it was interesting and might have some significance. That's when I told her the story about dish night. The side dish she bought for a couple of dollars is from this era. On the underside, it says, Compliments of the Deluxe Theater, 9355 Kirchhoff Avenue. A complete set of this Madame Dewberry Regal Blue Warranted 22-carat gold to be given to the ladies one piece each Tuesday or Wednesday, starting September 10th and 11th. The dish Nancy bought and still has is from the Deluxe Theater in Detroit, Michigan. The theater was located in the East English Village neighborhood. It was a decent-sized movie house, seating 1,600. The Deluxe Theater in Detroit opened in November 1918. Advertising runs consistently from November of 1918, ceasing on March 1, 1955. A high-profile murder involving a teenager leaving the theater early in 1955 appears to lead to the neighborhood theater's demise. The deluxe was demolished in April of 1963. Mm, Yeah. Still gives me the chills and the creeps when I hear that story. Feels like something bigger than me and Mom needed to be released through this story. I don't know what it is, but hey, it's out there now. I want to leave you with one of my own stories. It's actually a cute little poem, or at least at the time I thought it was a cute little poem. It wasn't until after I recorded it recently that I realized it wasn't as innocent as I thought. We just can't escape expressing who we are in everything we do and say, whether we try to hide it or are just unaware of what's truly being expressed. It's called, My Kids Won't Eat Their Kibbles. Take it away, South. This story is dedicated to Ariana and Haley. It's a little poem I wrote many years ago on December 15th in the year 2000. You girls were six and eight years old, respectively. I don't know what inspired me to write it. Maybe it was because I didn't have any say in our finances, no matter how many times I made budgets. And every time we were at the checkout line in the grocery store, I held my breath in trepidation. Too many times when I used my debit card to pay, it said, insufficient funds. It was so embarrassing to have to put food back. You girls remember those times well. They left scars on all three of us. I eventually stopped grocery shopping altogether and sent your dad out to do it instead. He managed to pull money out of a private account that was in his name only and saved himself embarrassment. 
After Dad and I separated, I made a vow to myself that I would always have enough money for food and gas, and I always have. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you. I believe that a stay-home mom should be legally entitled to receive half of her husband's paycheck. It should automatically be deposited into her account so she doesn't have to be put in the position to ask for money. It's very demeaning and belittling to have to ask a spouse for money to buy the necessities for the family. I think the husband and wife should each have their own private bank accounts and one joint account, and each week they put their equal share of money into the joint account to cover the cost of the bills, any repairs that might happen, and any vacations that might be coming up. If a stay-home mom's job is truly an equal partnership, which it is not, it's more than three jobs in one, then the financial compensation needs to show this equality. My conscious intention for writing this poem might have been because Arianna loved to experiment and try different tastes. She ate cat and dog food. What can I say? At the time I wrote this poem, we had two dogs and a cat, Buttons, Freckles, and Dusty. Buttons was a cockapoo and the mom of Freckles. And Dusty was the cat. They lived long, happy lives. My kids won't eat their kibbles. I fed my children dog food. It was all I had at home. My oldest didn't like it, so she grabbed herself a bone. Freckles started looking nasty. He was jealous as can be. He growled and snarled and snorted, then darted straight at me. I turned to run, then grabbed the kids. Couldn't leave them there alone. But my oldest wouldn't let it go. She still clutched that stinky bone. I fought and tugged and yelled a lot, but that didn't do no good. So I asked my oldest daughter if she thinks she really should eat the bone that Freckles wants. She said it's her only snack. But honey, is it really worth this vicious dog attack? She said she'd think of sharing, and that calmed our house pet down. Then I heard his tummy. It was making gurgle sounds. All right, I said, enough's enough. It's time to split the prize. But, Mommy, I'm really hungry, she said with tears in her blue eyes. Oh, darling, we've got other food. Try canned or kibbles, please. Share the bone with freckles. It would put us all at ease. Okay, she said, you win, I guess. I'll break the bone in two. Half for me all by myself and half for freckles, too. That's all it took. Peace was restored to our humble little home who knew that such a vicious fight could erupt in a single bone. The end. Thanks for listening. Keep it real and have a great day. Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.